Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 133 of the Chick Foley Show. We're here this week to review In Your House, preview Hell in the Cell, and talk about everything else that went on this week in the wild and wacky world of professional wrestling. But let me start by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I, I was really ex- surprised that Hell in a Cell was this weekend. I was kind of caught off guard. You were like, we're doing Hell in a Cell predictions. I was like, son of a... Like, I, I feel like it was just a big weekend this past weekend. It just never stops around here. And Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Oh, it's going good. I, I almost had the same uh, mess up because uh, on Raw, MVP said something like, um, a Hell in a Cell is a week from today or something like that. And I was like, it's like a week. I was, crazy, like, I, was this, yeah. I was like, I thought it was this Sunday. Is he saying it's next week? I was like, what yeah. the, the hell's going on? I thought it was, but yeah, no, here we are. It's back to back pay-per-views. Yeah, and it's def- it has definitely uh, snuck up on us. We'll talk about it when we get to the preview, but it seems like the card may not be complete just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see if we get a few more matches added either on SmackDown or just through the week on social media. Uh, speaking of which, Sheena, tell the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco over on the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Most importantly, you can join our Foley fam over at chickfoleyshow.com. Uh, we have a new episode of Unboxing Mania up every single week, and we are going to give you guys our Royal Rumble 92 coming next week. So we do our watch-along series. Super fun. We just posted our Royal Rumble 91, so clearly we're going in chronological order. So 92 is up and coming. All right, and it is time to announce the winner of last week's giveaway. We're giving away the basic 119 Dominic Dijakovic. Again, that's Dominic Dijakovic. It is not T-Bar. So, you know, we had a couple people saying that he resembled T-Bar. I don't know where that's coming from. This yeah, is uh, Dominic Feast Your Eyes. Sheen, you ready to announce the winner? Let's go. At Leo C on Instagram, you are the winner of the Dominic Dijakovic figure so hit us up in the dms either on twitter or instagram and uh yeah we'll get it sent out to you buddy congratulations yeah. thanks to everybody that uh showed love and and entered we got another giveaway going next week it's going to be the exact same rules just dm a screenshot of yourself listening to the show to either sheena on instagram or marco on twitter and we're going to be giving away elite 80 kevin owens this is a pretty mm. cool figure he's rocking the stun owens stun shirt um, it's comes with a ladder and the briefcase. It's, I think it's going to be a figure that could end up going up in value down the line. Cause it's pretty historically significant as far as Kevin Owens figures goes. This was from his ladder match against Shane McMahon on the first ever episode of Friday night Smackdown on Fox. So it was a huge night for WWE. And even though that storyline carried on about four months past his expiration date, it ended up with a pretty fun, uh, uh, you know, a pretty fun ending. What do you remember that match, Marco? Marco, I guess he's yeah. been stunned into uh, silence no, uh, thinking was, about yeah, Shane and KO's stunned, awesome stunned. feud of 2019. <laughs> no, there was a uh, there was a plane go by. I wanted to um, go over the microphone, but yeah, oh, I definitely yeah, sitting on a runway or something. Um, no, I might I might window open get some fresh air, and I just heard it very loudly, so <laughs> I didn't want it to go over the airways. But um, yeah, no, I definitely remember that match. It was pretty awesome. Like you said, it that storyline did kind of like run its course at some point because for my my personal taste, we've seen it. Like 
countless times in WWE than the like you know the low the low guy of the totem pole going against the authority figure and all that type of stuff. So yeah, yeah, Definitely it's still amazing that Drew McIntyre yeah. was able to recover as quickly as he did from getting roped into that. Remember, he actually oh, yeah. teamed with Shane McMahon on yes. a pay per view. It was yeah, it Roman was uh, Shane, and and Shane and the mid card of Evil. No, Shane and the Channel Changers, isn't that what we yeah. called them? Yeah, yeah, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, I think Drew Baron Corbin was hanging around Baron sometimes. Corbin, right. like, yeah. it was horrible. Quite the faction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, slide in the DMs and hit us up for your chance to win KO next week. Sheena, tell the listeners about the Pod Foundation. So, guys, we have linked arms with our Pod Brethren as we talk about them every single week. We want you guys to go over and subscribe and listen to our friends over at the Extra Cooler Show, hitting you with the nostalgia, recapping matches and pay-per-views from yesteryear. Uh, Our guys over at Turnbuckle Tavern with the most in-depth AEW coverage of the week. Their spinoff podcast, Turnbuckle Sessions, The Staple, The OG Fig Kid is bringing you unique interviews Pyramid Wrestling, they're bringing you all the things wrestling action figures. So we got all your bases covered. So if you listen to the Pod Foundation, you're going to get everything you need to know about the wrestling week and beyond. So make sure you follow us over at Pod Foundation on Instagram. And yeah, subscribe and review and do all the things that you know you should be doing for all of our podcast friends. All right. And we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at ringsidecollectibles.com to save 10% 10% on all your purchases. Ringside Collectibles is the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. You guys ready to get into the week in wrestling? Oh, yeah. All right, so we will start it off with In Your House is in the books. Sheena, what were your overall thoughts on the show? Um, You know, I don't want to I don't want to come off the top rope thinking I'm being negative right off the top of the show, but... I do oh feel boy, like it was kind of the- buckle up, break <laughs> No, I do feel like it was the weakest pay per view in a while for um, for NXT. I just feel like mm. it didn't have that big takeover feel. I mean, there was some good matches. The wrestling was fine, but none of it felt like 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 takeover magic. You know, I think we've just become so spoiled and so accustomed to the the takeovers of old where it just it literally like takes over everything and you're so like enthralled with what's going on on the screen and the storylines and everything that's playing out before you that you're just like holy shit you know and this was not that this could have just been an episode of weekly NXT TV and I would have been none the wiser you know so and that's saying a lot because NXT really, like I said, they they stand and deliver all mm. the time. So saying that they're the, the weakest, it's been the weakest in a while is still pretty high praise. You know, it's still well above like most other wrestling out there. So I'm not knocking it, but it just doesn't live up to the hype. That's one thing. They're, they're, they're a victim of their own success. You know, they've really set the bar super high for us for these takeover events. And uh, when they don't deliver, it's we always feel like a little bit let down. Yeah, I think the big thing that this show had going against it was just that it was really predictable. You could kind of, aside from the Cameron Grimes and LA Knight match, every other match on the card, it was, unless they were just pulling a straight up swerve bro on us, um, you could really tell with a high level of certainty who was going to win the match. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of it being predictable, we do got to congratulate Marco. He has wrestled (sighs) back the Chick Foley show prediction championship. Stupid Kyle O'Reilly. Her latest train was short lived. Marco is back on top. Marco, what'd you think of the show? Um, yeah, I think I think the same sentiments across the board. Um, even on like social media, it had that like, you know, it, it's obviously it was an NXT takeover, but it didn't have that feel, that big fight mm-hmm. feel to it. Um, I think, I mean, for one of my takeaways from it was as all. I mean, if you've if you've been watching NXT for a while, um, 
a lot of the names that were, you know, in the past were kind of like marquee names. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying anyone on this show isn't, but it's like they're pretty much like using a whole new crew, like a yeah, whole new set yeah. of wrestlers. So it's, so it's kind of like, you know, not that they don't have star power. Um, they will eventually. Um, like you had your, like every, all the star power was in one match at the end of the night. They weren't mm-hmm. sprinkled throughout. So like if they spread those those guys out throughout the night, it probably would have had that feel. Like if, you know, Kyle O'Reilly faced Adam Cole in a match or Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne. And then like whoever like won out of those matches, you know, fought Kerry Cross in a triple threat at the end of the night. They did something like that. That would give you that like, you know, that big fight feel because um, yeah. you'd have those stars, you know, going throughout the uh, the show. But I didn't think it was it was bad. Like you said, the wrestling was top notch. Um, I think the biggest... Uh, uh, takeaway was, you know, LA Knight's probably like one of their rising stars, if anything. I think that was kind of, yeah. I didn't, I thought we all thought Cameron Grimes was going to win. Uh, I, I, yeah, totally I definitely thought Cameron, Gr- yeah, I thought Cameron Grimes was going to win. I will say, I was like pissed off. I think it's because I've just been waiting for Cameron Grimes to have his big moment. Um, and in that moment when he lost, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, no, like I am not accepting LA Knight, you know, as the, as the million dollar champion, but it is a heel championship. And he, yep. you know, obviously on, um, uh, not take over on um, NXT, regular NXT. Yeah, rather regular NXT TV this week. He he really like drove it home that he is a heel. I mean, he attacked uh, Ted DiBiase like yeah. hardcore, and you know it. it it's very fitting, um, and I'm gonna like seeing Cameron Grimes chase him for that. But um, yeah, initially I was like, I, I hate this, but the more that like after seeing him on TV, uh, I'm I'm here for it. I think it's okay. I mean, LA Knight's still not my favorite. I do think his name is lame uh we talked about it in our group chat today yeah. i was like this, this lame this name is just so so not good you know so other than that i think that was probably my match of the night for sure i mean i just think grimes took some huge freaking bumps he did all the oh, work yeah. which i think was another reason why i was like this is bullshit you know he took all the big bumps you know um but and he was so over with the fans but yeah i i, I agree that it, looking back on it in hindsight it was the right decision to go with la night yeah yeah, Marco, you made a good point about the putting five guys in the main event. Uh, Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, he's been very vocal that he's always been against having the big multi-man matches in the main event just because it soaks up so much of your talent in one yeah. match. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of criticism online of the crowd. What did you guys think? It, it definitely seemed like we didn't have the classic <laughs> NXT crowd that we're used to. No, they were they were dead, dude. I don't know yeah. what it is. I know um we we kind of talked about some some speculation that was going around like, you know, what what was going on with the NXT crowd or what's kind of going on with their weekly TV crowd and stuff. You know, they're kind of having to go through the ringer just to even get in the door. So by the time they're there, it's just kind of like, you know, they're already they're already worn out. But uh yeah, they're definitely not the uh the full sale crowd that we know and love that is just like screaming their head off. And the fact that we haven't had live crowds in you know, 15 freaking months for this crap. Like, and then that's what, that's what you show up with. I'm, I'm a little, dis- little disappointed, especially seeing the, the crowd at Daly's place, just like scream their heads off, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, definitely. There's definitely some protocols going on at, uh, the WWE. That, no. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they're, they're definitely sick into some, uh, strict guidelines, when it comes to yeah, there was one. Know, uh, it was, it was so. just one fan's account on Reddit. Haven't seen it confirmed anywhere else. But he basically he went into some serious detail on what it was like. So I, I kind of lean towards thinking he's telling the truth. But basically, yeah, they got to go through all COVID protocol at one place. Yep. Then they got to take a bus over to the performance center. I think this is the key thing at the performance center. 
they don't have any food or beverage for sale. So in addition to everybody being stone cold sober, which we all know wrestling is a lot more entertaining when you get if you got a couple cold ones in you. Oh, yeah. Um, they're also just hungry and thirsty, you know, so I would be in a I'd yeah. probably be feeling a certain True. kind of way also and wouldn't be ready to just go nuts and be relaxed and ready to have a good time. I'd yeah. be kind of pissed off as well after going through all that. And then yeah. not having anything to at least, you know, wash the trail dust down with once, once you get in your seats. So. It was it was definitely noticeable. I think it would have been less noticeable or like I think it would have added to the show to not have people there and, you know, just pipe in crowd noise than to actually have people there. And it still feels so dead. I think it was just kind of very jarring to see so many people in the building and it just felt so flat. Yeah, well, even like even like a lot of the New Japan shows like earlier this year, like even Wrestle Kingdom, for instance, uh, they packed it. They had like 14,000 people in attendance, uh, but they had guidelines, but they were, you know, they, they were able to like, they weren't able to like stand up and shout and, you know, yeah, I remember you stuff, talking about that. They, yeah. yeah. They would just clap. Like they were like, if, if, a, if a move happened, they were still interactive. Yeah. It was just this, this crowd like wasn't interactive at all. It was just like, it, it was just weird. It was, it was, wor- it was worse there. on, on yeah. the weekly show this week oh, on yeah. NXT. It was, it was even worse than the pay-per-view. It was just strange. And it was a yeah, really was good like, episode of NXT this week. I thought it really kind of ushered oh, in a man. new era. And, you know, we had so much going on with Regal and Samoa Joe coming back, being yep. assistant to the regional manager type deal, you know, the, <laughs> the enforcer. Oh, so I, I just, I just felt like what, what are, what's this crowd doing? They're asleep, you know? Um, but yeah, it was really good. If you didn't get to watch NXT this week, I highly recommend going back and watching because it was it was a good show for sure. Yeah. Muted. So before we get to Samoa Joe, uh, let's take a look at the future. I want to put you guys on the spot. Um, Marco, who will Karrion Cross be fighting at the TakeOver on SummerSlam weekend? Uh, I got to go with Adam Cole, I think. They're gonna have that yeah. blow off match with Kyle O'Reilly at some point because um, they're they're saying this is like their second match, not their third, because that other match was unsan- unsanctioned, so it didn't count. Oh yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> yeah, so they they actually said that on the uh, show this past Tuesday. This this will be their their second encounter, and I was like, wait, did they? This will be the third, but no, they had an unsanctioned match, so that doesn't count as an encounter. So um, yeah, I think it, it has to be Adam. It, it's gonna be someone big. Um, if if not, yeah. if they kind of weasel Samoa Joe in there somehow, I'm not sure like what his actual role is yet or what what he can and can't do. Like I said, unless provoked, I mean, Karrion Cross could provoke Samoa Joe and he can put himself in a championship match. Who knows? But uh, I think it's going to be Adam Cole. Um, you need that, especially if they're going to be on the road by that time, and they're definitely going to be in a a large facility. You're going to want a big name uh, going against Karrion Cross. So my pick is uh. Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, I could see it. After that promo that Adam Cole mm-hmm. cut on Carrion Cross, like yeah. all I can see is the negatives on Carrion Cross. Like, yeah. yeah, I think he, was, I think that one cut too close to the bone, and it was, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like Carrion Cross just dropped down a couple notches to me. All I, I just see all the stuff that Adam Cole said. I just see it so like plain as day now. Oh, yeah. Anytime I see Carrion Cross, she there. definitely shine light that, on it. Well, yeah, then, I think uh, I think Scarlett's the star of the act. You know, I said that before. Just her charisma and everything. I think yeah. she's who the people are really wanting to see. And then, you know, Cross is just the muscle head that's coming along with her. Well, then, and then the other thing you had was uh, a guy like Samoa Joe come out and just totally own you on the mic. Like, I mean, yeah, he's going to do that. What are you, st- what are you still anybody. doing here? What are you still doing yeah. in my ring? Yeah, exactly. Dude, Samoa like, Joe is the man. <laughs> no, that's like, what I mean. Like, I mean, anybody in the ring, he's going to do that. Like, he he even like, out, like talk Paul Heyman. 
But yeah. he had that feud with uh, Brock Lesnar. So, I mean, you put Samoa Joe in the ring with anyone. I should he's, say that he's probably going to outperform on the bike. So but, uh, good. Yeah, yeah, it was just, he's just, the other thing too is like, he's super believable. Like, yeah. if you want that believability, like, I, he's a tough guy. Like, you can look at Samoa Joe and say, yeah, he can. He could probably kick your ass in real life if he wanted yeah. to. Like Joe brings a level of intensity yeah. that is unmatched when it just comes to like getting down to to fighting time. You know, yeah, he's, see, he's ready yeah. to go. And I see the same thing with like with Regal when uh, Regal was younger. Like he he had that same like type of feel to me. Anyway, like I know they had that man's man thing, his uh, gimmick that he had, but like he had that look where <laughs> he was like, a real man's man's yeah. man. <laughs> but he had that look to me. Like he would probably like he'd probably kick your ass for real too if he had to like. I think that's why, like, it, it, I think it's going to work, like, really well with them two together. Um, where, like, you know, Rigo's going to be like, oh, he, like, he's old. He can't yeah. you know, do the things that Samoa Joe can do. But I think he's going to, at some point, he's going to be like, hey, you got to ease back. Because what he did to Adam Cole last night was pure, like, that was just, like, blasphemy. He just put him to sleep yeah. <laughs> and then told him when he wakes up, go see him in the office. Like, that type of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I can't I can't wait for this uh, this, like, mini faction that they have going on with with Regal and Samoa Joe, it's it's intriguing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So let's keep the NXT love going. What did you guys think of the actual segment when uh, Samoa Joe made his big return to NXT? I loved it. I thought I thought it was very. I mean, anytime there's like that much emotion, it just it always gets me. Like anytime I see grown men cry. I mean, we watched yeah. the we we watched the Andre uh, documentary, the uh, Hidden Treasures documentary. Yeah. And, and every time Mark Henry would get choked up, if you guys haven't seen it, you must see it. But every time Mark Henry would get choked up, it would just like make me like, oh, you know. So yeah, with see, seeing Regal get all all choked up. Um, it definitely, and I think he really meant, I think it was genuine, you know, uh, clearly it was, it was a work. It was all part of a storyline, but I think what he was saying and that emotion that was coming through was real emotion. I just, I thought, yeah. I mean, unless, unless he totally worked me and he's just a, he's a Oscar or award-winning actor, but I thought it was real and, uh, it was, it was really awesome and I loved it. And I loved how he just punked out Karrion Cross. like no offense, Karrion, but yeah, Joe punked his ass out. It seemed a little fuzzy the way they explained it, but they definitely left the door at least cracked open. Marco, do you think we're going to see Samojo wrestle again? Oh yeah, that's. I think that's why they. That's why he like when he first declined his offer. I was like, I was like, huh. I was like, this kind of weird. But um, I thought he was just going to accept it and be like the the new GM of mm-hmm. uh, NXT and Regal was going to be gone or whatever. But now that they, he's kind of like this, like almost like enforcer type of thing um, to keep like you know keep peace and keep well peace in his own words anyway um but yeah i think i think he'll i think he'll end up in the in the ring at some point yeah um, i thought he i thought he declined it because he was gonna say like i'm a fighter you know like this is what yeah. i do and, I, and i'm here to you know show you guys what nxt is made of or something like that which yeah I, which i don't i don't feel like it would have been super beneficial to just do it like that you know just kind of bring like kind of like how they did finn balor and how they've done a couple of other guys just bring them back down to to nxt i like yeah. this this role with joe having like some actual authority and not just being with the boys you know yeah i think it's gonna it's really gonna have an interesting dynamic but i definitely think he's gonna wrestle again i mean they yes. wouldn't have had that stipulation where if he gets provoked that he can <laughs> enforce you know pain on people if uh, if they didn't want to see him wrestle all right let's get going to monday night the always excellent monday night raw the flagship of the professional <sighs> oh, wrestling world we saw sheena's favorite eva marie make her return <laughs> to uh oh, to the God. big stage 
Um, Sheena, you can go first. What were your thoughts on Eva Marie's comeback? I mean, it was about what I expected. She was, she didn't fight. She just got out there and in her little outfit and her new pink hair. And I'm sure people watched it. I don't know what the, what the numbers were on that segment, but it, she brought Piper Nevin with her, which she, you know, it's, it's speculated that her new name is going to be Dewdrop, which. Yeah. I, Marco, I, what's your, give me your instant take on Dewdrop being uh, Piper Nevin's new name. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know I what think, to say to that. Dude, I will say it's insulting. Dude, Piper Niven is a badass. I don't know. I don't know how many of you like watch NXT UK out there, but I, I follow I follow along loosely. And she freaking fought Rhea Ripley at Cardiff. Um, and then she oh, was yeah. in yeah, she was in a uh, triple threat with Ky- uh, Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm. Yes. And awesome uh and I think it was uh Blackpool, the second Blackpool. Yeah. And dude, she's a freaking powerhouse, man. I mean, she showed even against Naomi, she showed that she's just not like a jobber, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe this is their their way of giving her a push. Maybe she'll get fed up of Eva Marie. So basically what happened, she came out, or Eva Marie got introduced. She came out. Um, Piper Niven, Dewdrop, whatever you want to call her, got in the got in the ring, beat up Naomi in a quick squash match, and then the, the announced team never even announced uh, Piper's name or said what her name was. And Eva took the mic and said, "The winner is Eva Marie." Piper Niven is celebrating her all, all you know, joyful, just like, "Oh yay, the, you're the winner!" And yeah. meanwhile, meanwhile, Eva's looking all annoyed that Piper's even there. So I don't know what the what the dynamic. They're kind of doing that Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, where Nikki uh, like. Nikki was like the over over eager best friend, you know, and Alexa was just kind of like the cool girl, the cool pretty girl who just didn't have time for her, you know, nerdy best friend. So I think that's kind of the angle they're going with. But I think if they do this right, it could really give Piper Niven a good babyface push because if she gets fed up with Eva Marie and just goes in there and like has a feud with her and whoops her ass, she'll be the biggest babyface in the company, you know. So yeah. I think if that's where it's going, I'm here for it. But otherwise, yeah. It was yeah. rough. It's, it was definitely uh, rough. Yeah, it's bad. And I, um, I prefer all red everything on Eva Marie. Also, I feel like she, that was just that was her trademark. You know, she should have stuck with it. Now she's just I don't even know what she is. She's just, she's just she's another another model with a with a funny color hair. Like that's what it is. You know, it's yes. just I don't I don't know I don't know what to say about her. Again, this is this is all kayfabe talk only. I, I respect Eva Marie for being an entrepreneur and a model and all the things that she is in her real life. But she just does nothing for me on uh, on television. I feel like she takes the women's division back. Like she takes it back Damn. to the butterfly title. Like that's that's kind of where I'm. I mean, she doesn't take it all the way back to the pudding fights and the pillow fights and all that kind of stuff. But she she definitely takes it back to the butterfly. Yeah, my my other thing too is Pete, like like you said, they didn't even announce uh, um, Piper coming out at all. Yeah, and like they didn't they didn't like say explain who she was like. And that's one of the main reasons why, like a lot of NXT um, alum, when they move up to the main roster, don't get it, uh, get like get over at all. Because I, I, the other thing I think too is they have to they have to realize that the people that are watching NXT are probably not watching WWE. Yeah, that's that's one of the main like things. I don't think there's there's a very there's obviously there's us we watch everything, but there are people that only watch NXT. Yes, and I agree, and they're definitely not, and they're definitely not watching NXT UK. The casual yeah. fan is definitely not watching NXT UK. Seth yeah. and I had this conversation earlier on um, in the week. I was saying, you know, I just can't believe they just like didn't even announce like who Piper she was, N- like who she was, or like what her from. history was. Yeah, where is she from? Um, and he's just, you know, he was like, she's just a new character. Like she had, like they don't want any of that old 
baggage, you know, yeah. hanging on to her. They want to just create this brand new, this brand new character, um, yeah, which, if, which yeah. I understand and which I get, but it is still annoying that like the announcers that literally work for the same company are just like, Oh, I don't know who this is, you know, like, yeah, so who, you know, like, it's just like, I, I just, that to me, I just hate when the announcers play so dumb. It really pisses me off and just takes me out of the moment. Yeah, it's, we it's just got to remember yeah. Raw is a Raw is a TV show. It's not a wrestling show. And in, in their minds, that's how yeah. it is. Like they, yeah, they look at it as just a TV show, and this is just you know a new actor showing up to play a new character. But you introduce yeah. them. Like they, you like, they have to have a background. Like you, you have like some type. Yeah, of... Yeah, they like, could have at least given her some some sort of something. You know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I'm sure. That- and I'm with you guys. I hate it. I think Piper Nevin is a really cool character. She's a unique wrestler. And Piper uh, Nevin is a good name. To be devil's yeah. advocate, like they can't acknowledge all her backstory and every, all the cool things that she's done in in NXT and NXT UK, and then bring her in as Dewdrop, you know. So that's yeah. why, yeah, that's why sometimes they go just a blank slate on these people, like you saw with Retribution. Like now we're seeing with Piper Nevin is just because when you roll with the the blank slate, they can be whatever you want them to be. So yeah. I, I agree. You guys are preaching to the choir with me, but um, I'm just kind of like helping some of the people who may not be as deep in the game as we are, kind of understand why WWE does some of the things that they do. It doesn't make it um, any less frustrating or make the product suck any less, but yeah. it at least lets you, you know, kind of wrap your head around what the hell they're thinking when they make some of these just seemingly boneheaded creative moves. Because I agree, yeah. you should bring up, you know, give somebody a couple weeks of hype. Like, dude, if Piper Nevin could be a totally credible member of the women's roster, you know, give us yeah. a couple weeks of highlights showing some of her big moves and some of the cool stuff she's done, you know, taking Rhea Ripley to the limit, yeah. stuff like that. Don't, and can, uh, and can we talk about how like SmackDown is like bleeding for women's talent right now? Like we need some women's talent on SmackDown and like, there's a, uh, <laughs> there's freaking there's like, like what, why don't we, why don't we put Piper like over there? There's yeah. four women there, pretty much. Yeah, day. I would tune in to watch Piper Nevin and Bianca Belair. That's a yeah. that's a believable match to me. You know what Heck I mean? Yeah, uh, I think that'd be really cool to see. Well, the other but cool, the other thing, drop. the other thing too is that we we need to we need to stop like the disrespect of uh, just squashing Naomi, a former two time yeah. women's champion. True. That's yeah. like that's one of the things that like I've I've noticed a lot. Like they obviously Lana's gone because they had that whole thing going with their tag team and stuff like that. But, but like, I think they should focus on like having MVP instead of trying to court Kofi, maybe put his services over to Naomi, try to get her going, like become an advocate for her, become her manager and make her like the, the, cause she's probably one of the best women that they have there. And they athletically anyway. And she, she gets treated like, crap basically so i think like if, if they have someone like someone like a like an mvp you know give her that pep talk like you did with bobby lashley you know like you did with everyone else you know and get her maybe turn her heel don't just just no more no more baby face naomi just like no just more feeling ever, the glow yeah no more glow no more yeah. shut it off oh. darkness shut, all yeah, darkness, darkness with, yeah yeah all darkness with naomi and just have her feel, go, come feel the darkness yeah just yeah. like come out one week cut a crazy ass promo like i'm sick of this that type of thing, and you know, yeah, and they could have. I mean, and that's the thing. If they wanted her to just squash Naomi, they should have at least give Naomi some credibility. So then it's like, well, damn, who is this Piper chick? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she, she literally just exactly. came out with Eva. She came out with Eva Marie and squashed a former women's champion, badass yeah. wrestler. And like, what what's going on here? You know, and why is she? Why is she doing the dirty work for Eve Marie? Like, what what's this relationship going on here? You know, you you would want to know more if they built exactly. Naomi up instead of just bringing her out like a freaking jobber. 
Yeah. Yeah. We uh we definitely didn't have it in the format for a deep dive on Naomi, but I, I have some thoughts now that you guys brought it up. I think the biggest thing hurting her, Merkel, you're right. She is one of the best in-ring performers that they have. But I think she's just a victim of timing. You know, she came up back during the Divas era. She's like she was the Bellas, around yeah. for yeah. yeah, the Bellas um, and all that time frame and stuff. And I think she just gets lumped in with them, even though in ring she's on the caliber with Becky Lynch, Charlotte, um, Sasha, Bailey. You know, all the people that came up kind of after the the women's revolution or whatever. But she's kind of just I think she's in a funk. She got stuck in the funkadactyls, man. Yeah, yeah, I think I think no matter what, yeah, she's still going to be a funkadactyl coming out dancing with uh, Brodus Clay. Yeah, and I just think that she's never going to be seen on the level with those other ladies based strictly on when she came up. Yeah, there's so many yeah. cool things they could be doing. Hell, let's kick her over to SmackDown. She just said they need more women's talent on SmackDown. Yeah, what if Naomi somehow got involved in this uh, Usos tribal chief family storyline? You know what I yeah. mean? That storyline yes. is all about family. Why don't we get Jimmy's wife involved? now now that jimmy's knee deep in it she had she had a lot of setbacks too though with that whole usos uh drama when they were kind of like you know figuring out their demons and stuff like that she she had she got (laughs) she she kind of got yeah yeah, she kind of got did she get arrested one night for arguing with the cops or something yeah i don't know if she got arrested but yeah she she was definitely part of some unfavorable pr for uh for wwe so i I think that definitely hurt her because after after all that kind of stuff was going on we didn't see naomi on tv for a long time and right before that she was you know in in the mix for everything you know money in the bank um you know women's title pictures all that stuff and then the other thing that hurt her was uh you know the first time she won the smackdown women's championship she got injured i think in the match that she won it and had to forfeit mm. it right away and you know we know vince uh is quick to sour on people if uh yeah. if, you know he gives them a big push and they get hurt just look at poor finn balor you know he never made it back to where he was his first month on yeah. the main roster after he got hurt against seth rollins That's at right. uh, SummerSlam 2015 uh-oh it's the remix <laughs> time to freshen up the beverage break so we're still sticking with the similar sound but we want a little remix just kind of freshen it up we've been rolling with more bass. For, yeah. for about a year now uh, this is and also the other thing you know we're planning on this podcast eventually being global and uh, we don't want future <laughs> lawyers coming after us so this is just some yeah. random YouTuber who made this really really dope uh, remix uh, so yeah, just search yeah, uh, Chick-fil-A worldwide. Yeah, search uh, Mask Off Remix. You can find this on YouTube. But let's get to it. Sheena, what are you drinking tonight? So I am drinking. Um, it's a it's a pre canned cocktail, which those can be hit or miss. Um, I'm very leery about drinking those types of things. But the other day I went to the ABC store and uh, I was just kind of like craving a little bit of a margarita. Didn't feel like actually making it myself, so I grabbed these Jose Cuervo sparkling margaritas and sparkling palomas. And they actually hit really nice, man, for a canned cocktail. So I'm drinking the sparkling Paloma. If you don't know, Paloma is basically like a grapefruit uh, margarita. But I did add a little bit of fresh lime to give it some some freshness. And yeah, it's going down smooth, dude. So I highly recommend. You know, if these these to me seem like the perfect like boat drink. Like if you're out, you know, on the on the lake or something, dude. Like these would be perfect. So yeah, Jose Cuervo, uh, sparkling Palomas, and margaritas. All right, Marco, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on a classic, a uh, Broken Skull Margarita. I had to have some. Hell yeah. I think I messaged earlier. I was like, hey, what time are we starting? Because I need some time to uh, to whip up this concoction that we got going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Broken, always, Skull, always, Broken Skull Margarita is, is primo. Always a good little nightcap. Yeah. Um, puts you right to sleep. 
Well, you better wake well, up. We still got a lot of show the rest of the podcast, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, after, not during the, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not during the podcast. It, it brings you up during the show, then puts you down <laughs> after afterwards. I feel you. <laughs> and I am drinking a uh, Shiner Ruby Red Bird. This is Shiner Box Light Beer uh, mixed in with some Ruby Red grapefruit juice and ginger. It is very delicious. Let's get back to it. All right, so reports came out this week that John Cena has basically confirmed he is returning at SummerSlam. This is huge. He has not been seen since losing the Firefly Funhouse match to Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 36. Obviously, the match everyone is speculating on is we're going to see Roman Reigns go against John Cena at SummerSlam. They're they're planning on selling 41,000 tickets uh, at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, and that match would definitely help give a boost to that effort. But... Let's assume Roman's off the table. Marco, I'm going to have you go first. Who would you book John Cena against if he cannot face Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Oh, man. No no Roman? Taking Roman no out Roman. of the equation? Oof. Um, I mean, man. You'd have to, I mean, if you'd have to go Seth Rollins, right? Somehow get him in there. I'm not sure how that would work where uh, Seth Rollins is a drip god now. Yeah. Um, he's pretty colorful. Um, John Cena dress is pretty colorful too, so I could see some interaction going there. Um, but yeah, I would probably say Seth would probably be the if they're gonna you know want to sell that many seats, you got to go with another marquee name, and that would probably be the Drip God Seth Rollins. Yeah, I think you could finish off the storyline with him and Bray. You know, Roman won at WrestleMania 30, Bray won at WrestleMania 36, and we haven't seen Bray in a while. <laughs> Obviously, he's still one of the. Um, you know, most like the uh, most well hyped or most hyped talents that WWE has. Um, maybe you could build Bray up and have him and John Cena finally have the blow off to their feud. Um, Sheena, how about you? What do you think? I mean, if you're trying to sell that many seats, you're going to need somebody that's going to put butts in seats. And I think yep. it'd be time to bring back the beast incarnate and Ooh. just have uh, John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. You know, that would be pretty badass too. Those guys have had showdowns going all the way back to, to 2003 and then you had their classic at SummerSlam 2014 where Brock just squashed him so <laughs> yeah we could see this maybe you could hype it up as like the last time ever that you know both these guys are going to be on a show together or something like that I could definitely see that putting some butts in the seat and it'd be pretty cool to see Cena actually take Brock down now that Brock's uh you know Brock's not the unstoppable force that he was back in 2014 at SummerSlam I still remember watching that match just being blown away at Cena getting squashed like that yeah <laughs> I think he took something like 18 German suplexes in one match All right, it's time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Marco is defending the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship. We got Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Now, like we talked about on the uh, intro, there's only five matches announced so far. So if uh, I'm assuming at least a couple more matches will get introduced between now and Saturday, we'll... uh, We'll get Sheena and Marco to post it on social media. Any updated predictions that come from any last-second ads? But first up, Marco, we're gonna have you pick the uh, the big grudge match going into this one: Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss. Oh man, um, the way things are going for for the uh, it, I'm just gonna go with Alexa Bliss. I'm not even gonna say. I'm not even gonna go into a diatribe of like the whole story. It's gonna be Alexa. It's gonna be some like crazy thing that happens Lily's going to be like an actual <laughs> person dropping light fixtures on her head yes, yeah something yeah something crazy going to happen and Alexa's going to win how do we not have uh like 
full scale Lily dolls available to purchase shit on WWE shop. That's, that's common. Don't worry. They're behind. Yeah, like they need no, to be. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer. Wait for that live crowd. <laughs> yeah. Sheena, what's your pick? Yeah, I got to go with Alexa Bliss. Um, not only is she a uh, five-time women's champion, she's yep. got a, you know, she's got the possessed doll. Speak of the devil, she's got the possessed doll, Lily, um, to pull some shenanigans, and uh, she's got her own. She's got her own batch of superpowers. So, I, yep. I hate it for Shayna. Shayna is a legit prize fighter. Uh, MMA, she could snap anyone's neck, but yeah, she's not. She's not going to work on Alexa very well. I'd have to get back in the archives, but I think this is the first time we've had a, a possessed doll getting uh, involved in wrestling since uh, since Chucky and Rick Steiner were feuding back in WCW in 1999. So really? it's been a while. <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like the possessed doll had to have come come into play at some point. I feel like I yeah. feel like that would be like something that like a low hanging fruit that Vince would be like, "Yeah, pal, we're getting a voodoo doll." Like. <laughs> I can't remember, like I said, last time I remember was again Chucky and Rick Steiner going head to head in a promo on uh, Nitro in 1999. So you can definitely find that on YouTube. Just search uh, WCW Chucky. Pretty hilarious. Let's move on to the next match. Sheena, you're going to be picking this one first. It is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defending once again against Bailey. Yeah, I'm going to go with. Bianca Belair, I don't think Bailey is gonna, you know, laugh her way out of this one. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, Bianca's gonna win. She's not, she's not losing this one. Um, you know, she's beat, she's beat Sasha. She's, she's beat Bailey already once, and I think she's just gonna show her dominance even more with, uh, with this win at Hell in a Cell. Marco, yeah, same. Bianca Belair, I think that. She's going to be the dominant uh, champion for the next few months, at least, de- depending on like we spoke about this earlier. There, the roster at the you know SmackDown um, locker room for women isn't the most diverse and deep. So, yeah, she's going to be the champion for a long time until. Yeah, the returns. only the only wild card I can really see in this match is if we see Sasha Banks make a comeback. Obviously, she's got a ton of history with both ladies in this match, and she's been conspicuous by her absence since WrestleMania. So perhaps we see Sasha come back and uh, make her presence felt one way or the other. But yeah, it's hard to see Bianca uh, dropping the strap in this one. Moving over to the Raw side for their their women's division, Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte. Marco, what's your pick? Man, this is, see, this is a tough one. See, I'm... I'm I'm opposite on Rhea. I think she's going to lose at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think her championship run is as... I mean, both of their championship runs haven't been the greatest. But um, Rhea's in the same division as Charlotte. And uh, I think Charlotte needs her title back. So I'm probably... I'm going to go with Charlotte on this one. Wow. I think she's going to win. I think uh, she's going to win. And then like the marquee match is going to be like her at SummerSlam with the title against whoever the opponent's going to be. Maybe Rhea Off again. Becky Lynch. Or Becky mm-hmm. Lynch. Yeah, she's definitely holding the title until SummerSlam, or until someone's return. Um, so, yeah, Charlotte Flair it is. All right, Sheena, who are you picking out of Charlotte and Rhea? I mean, this could be this could be a killer, like, sneaky match of the night, I think. But uh, I'm with Marco. I feel like when Charlotte Flair is involved, you can never count her out of the you know, taking the title from you. So I'm going with Charlotte. I do think she'll probably carry it through SummerSlam and be like, you know, big, 
marquee name for for SummerSlam again to put put butts in seats. I love Rhea. Um, she's my girl, but she just she she still is missing a little something. I can't really put my finger on it, but something about her is just not translating to the the TV audience. I don't think. I mean, it, yeah. I, I I love her, and I and it's and it's missing for me. So I can only imagine people who don't really aren't bought into Rhea Ripley feel even more so. Yeah, yeah, this one's tricky to pick because of the the Thunderdome. If you look online, Rhea Ripley's title reign has definitely been flat and it's been kind of poorly mm-hmm. received from the online fans, but obviously they don't necessarily represent all wrestling fans. So this one's tough to pick because, you know, I you don't you just don't know how a live audience would be receiving her. Um, I think WWE is still behind them, but this could be one where the fans influence them to go ahead and make a title change. And I, I agree with you guys. I just got a funny feeling Charlotte's going to end up with the belt again. I can't, it's yeah. been, it's been a while since she's held the strap. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it feels like it's time for her to be back. And they're, they're going to give her a little something. I mean, her, her fiance just headed over to uh, the other, the other top dog in the, in the wrestling world. So I think it's, you know, they're going to try to keep their, you know, prize fighters where they, where they can, yep. you know? Yeah. All right, Sheena, you're up first for this one. The WWE Championship. The stipulation is if Drew McIntyre loses, he cannot challenge Bobby Lashley again for the belt. Thank it's God. Be inside Hell in the Cell, Lashley versus McIntyre part infinity. Sheena, <laughs> I'm going with Bobby Lashley simply for the hope that Drew McIntyre can never challenge Bobby Lashley ever again. Um so I hope this is the last showdown we see from them. But yeah, ultimately, I think I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, these guys can both put on a good match. Again, it's just going to be nothing interesting because we've seen it all before. So um, going with Bobby on this one. All right, Marco. I'm not making the same mistake again. I'm going against, <laughs> going against Smooth Bobby. So Smooth Bobby it is. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's and I know this isn't a real giveaway, but this is kind of like a telltale. He penned Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw. Which means he's not pinning yeah. him again at all. Yep. Stand um, tall on Monday. Breaking kayfabe. Yeah. yeah. Breaking kayfabe a little bit. So, yeah, he's definitely not winning. Um, yeah. Sheena, mentioned, uh, Sheena yeah. mentioned Brock and Cena at SummerSlam. I could be, see uh, Lashley and Lesnar at uh, SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it's looking like. Yeah. That's what it's looking like. Yeah. That's what, I mean, if you if you traverse social media at all, there are rumblings of, uh, and Bobby Lashley's been asking for that that match. Um, it'll be probably like a one and done because, you know, Bobby will probably leave like right after that or something like that or probably, you know, take a hiatus. After yeah, I was going to say, run, be careful um, what you wish for, Bobby Lashley. I don't know. I don't know if I could see. I don't see Brock losing his first match back in, in over a no, year. You know what I mean? So no. I think yeah, he's going to come gonna down a, off his farm gonna, in Canada ready to whoop some ass. Yeah. Say this. It's not going to be a Kofi thing. All right. It's going to be a <laughs> it's not, he's not going to come in and beat him in eight seconds. It's definitely it'll definitely <laughs> be a good match. You we'll never that, know yeah. what what Brock wants. Brock gets. He's not bullying Bobby Lashley like that. There's no way. We'll need I, to cut out that soundbite and save that for the uh, the post SummerSlam episode if that match ends up happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the main event, or at least what I'm assuming is going to be the main event. Yeah, definitely. Again, this is in the Hell in the Cell. Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Rey Mysterio. Marco, you're the champ. You get to pick the main event first. Thunderdome, Rome. Well, I would I wouldn't even I mean love Rey Mysterio legend Hall of Famer all that stuff accolades uh, you for know, days yeah. countless I'm losing I'm, I'm running out of fingers and toes counting the uh, accolades that Rey Mysterio <laughs> has but uh, no Roman Reigns he's he's 
unstoppable. It's a rain strain. He's just going to run right through Mysterio and head on to the next opponent. Sheena, your pick. Yeah, and you can't you can't go against Thunderdome Rome. Um, this is going to be an insane match. We kind of touched on it last week. Yeah. I feel like their styles are going to mesh very well together, and they're going to just like freaking tear the house down. But um, one Roman has too much too much on his side. Too much, mm-hmm. um, you know. The the Usos can interfere and or does he? Well, Not all the Usos. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's a, he's got Uso. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's got to be Roman all the way. I think this might be one of Ray's last big matches on pay-per-view, so he's going to go out in style. His match against Brock for the title at uh, Survivor Series 2019 was really good, so I'm hoping we get something similar. Um, I just, I really want him to find a way to just kind of turn back the hands of time. Give us 1997 Ray. I don't care what kind of cortisone shots they got to put in those knees or what <laughs> they got to do to get him juiced up, but if we get Ray at his peak... Uh, this could really be a hell of a match. And it's going to be a nice clash of styles with a luchador style going up against Roman's kind of deliberate um, powerhouse style of wrestling. So, yeah, I agree. I think Roman's going to win. I don't see any scenario where Rey Mysterio leaves with the belt, but mm-hmm. uh, it should be pretty entertaining. And then, you know, we're going to get the next chapter and whatever the, uh, you know, the Samoan dynasty family drama is going to be. That's going to play out somehow or another. Uh, should be pretty cool. How the hell is Seth and Cesaro not on this show? I mean, that closed out the pay-per-view last time. Like I thought we were heading towards them being in Hell in a Cell, and I thought that was going to be awesome. But they're not even booked for a match right now. So I don't know if maybe Cesaro's banged up and they've just kept it under wraps. He's not going to be able to do a full match or something. I mean, we don't know. We still have SmackDown. You know, we still have uh, we still have Friday before we right. But you would just think that for something that was a show closing angle at the last month's pay-per-view that they would at least have it booked for a match at this point. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you said it there, you would, you would think, but you, you know, would think, yeah. yeah, you know what yeah, happens so. when you assume, right? So Sheena and Marco have all the exact same thoughts. We'll have to get creative. I'll come up with some sort of tiebreaker, um, between now and Sunday. Uh, it's cause we can't just have it in, in a straight up tie that, that just can't happen. So well, I'll, I'll find some, maybe we'll do the overall length of the pay-per-view and do an over under and see which one of you guys gets closer on it. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up for the Hell in the Cell productions or predictions, and let's move on to Go Figure. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go Figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, Marco, take us away with figure news. Yeah, pretty, really, really light week um, for figure news this week. Um, so we have uh, mainly, we'll, we'll just call this uh, uh, Zombie Sailor news because it's pretty much all news yeah. from the uh, from the line of Zombie Sailor. Um but yeah, so when you hear this, um, it'll already be in effect. So uh, June 17th is when the uh, pre-orders start for the uh, Heels and Faces line, Series 1 
um, for the masses. Um, it'll be up and running for two weeks, I believe. Um, obviously, they're a limited run. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be about 2,500 of each figure. Yeah, 2,500 of each. So definitely, you know, if you are interested, de- definitely get the whole set. Um, I don't think there's one bad figure in this set. Um, I think they're all wanted figures for me anyway, um, especially with the interchangeable hands um, for uh, for Earl Hebner, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely definitely do that. Like I said, when you hear this, it'll already be in effect. Hopefully they're not sold out on the first day. Um, but, yeah, hopefully there's some left if you when you get to the uh, website to do so. But, yeah, definitely uh, order these. Um, yeah. Did you take advantage of the uh, the advanced presale, Marco? Yes, I did. Of course. Yeah, same. Yeah, we got our set yeah. locked in also. So I'm looking yeah, forward to them. And I figure, worst case scenario, if I get them in hand and aren't and aren't feeling them 100, percent you know, you go, you should be able to flip these for a decent price. But I'm very, very confident that uh, that these things are going to be awesome once we get them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they look awesome. Like the 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 packaging, uh, the paint. It's it's just yeah they're they're gonna be amazing I don't I don't think they're gonna be any uh, turnaways on this one here I, just, I can't wait for the next the next line for series two already because I mean with all the announcements that's happened since since then and all the uh, signings um, which is a pretty cool one that I'm gonna mention next so uh, you know the major bros had their live eight um, this past week and uh, they announced uh, Zombie Sailor was there and they announced a mystery signing for a future uh, series figure. And that is uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the infamous missing um, orange, the orange figure. Cards. Yeah. So, so Jeff Jarrett, they actually did a video together. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys seen that. They did kind of like a promo video, uh, zombie sailor and uh, Jeff Jarrett about, they signed it actually right there. He signed the deal. Um, and the pretty cool thing about this line too, is all the, anyone that get all the, all the signees, they all get a, a portion of the proceeds and stuff like that too. So nice. they are making they all they are making money off of, off of these figures as well. So yeah, when you're when you're purchasing these, you're not only you're helping out Zombie Sailor, you're helping out the uh, the wrestlers that uh, that are having their you know images being portrayed. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, definitely do that. And uh, I'm actually really excited about this Jeff Jarrett figure. Um, I'm not, yeah, Zombie I'm not came sure. out. Uh, yeah. I can't remember if it was today or yesterday on social media and confirmed that he is going to be as close as possible to the unreleased orange card figure that we never got. So yeah, hopefully they yeah. go back and do the rest of those. You know, we get, we were lucky enough to get diesel on the retro line, but let us get that King Mabel as well. Oh man. Yeah. He's yeah. He's it. I mean, I think uh, the good thing about this line is that uh, as you see a lot of people sign on and stuff like that, and, and uh, we'll see how the, you know, how successful this first series is. Um, you'll definitely get a lot more people signing on uh, to get figures made. I, totally yeah, guarantee that for sure yeah that's that's definitely one of the things i'm hoping the FOMO will kick in yeah and we like yeah definitely anyone that doesn't have a you know like a legends deal or assigned to anyone um and they're seeing the success and all this stuff with their with uh with these figures yeah i'm hoping a lot more guys out there a lot of obscure people from the past you know jump on board and get these uh figures made in their likeness so i'm, ho- I'm, yeah, I'm wishing and, success uh, more it's than a treat for you for guys. One. We have uh, we got it set up with Zombie Sailor. He's going to come on here in a couple of weeks once all the dust settles from the uh, the pre orders and everything to come on and talk to us and basically just walk us through the process. You know how he got the idea for the line, some of the challenges and hurdles he faced on uh, on putting it together, and just where he kind of sees it going over the next year or two. Um, so it's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. So look for that in the uh, the early part of July. Awesome. 
Marco, what did yeah. you add to your collection this week? Oh man, so uh, <clears throat> I got uh, I received my Alistair Black um, and Zelina Vega figures from uh, Ringside Collectibles. Obviously, I use code Chick Foley for ten percent off when I purchase those. Clearly, I did you get a- the Chase or the uh, the regular. I got the chase with the uh, the design of the D pad, of course. You gotta, nice. you go with that. Huge difference, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, makes all the difference I, in the world. Yeah, you, you like. It, I'm not sure if it's gonna, you know, his figures are gonna skyrocket or anything like that. But like, I always have like a weird inkling when people do get released and their figures are still available. You should probably purchase them right away because you never know. Within a few months, that figure can like be. I wonder what his like NXT figure is now. The one that was like. Super sad. That one was hard to get. Yeah, I think yeah, that was NXT so, Series 3, I believe that was. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even checked that eBay. That was crazy. The, yeah, so usually when people get cut, um, you know, they their figures go up. So I took advantage of that. Um, the next figure I got, which I'm, I'm waiting for the other one because I ordered two, um, the Jurassic Express um, two-pack. Nice. It was the it was the chase version that the I variant, got. the package. Yeah, the variant. variant. So um yeah, so I had uh so I had old Jungle Boy carrying uh Luchasaurus nice. on uh, on that package. So it was, uh, the, the the package alone is giant. It's it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's like the size of like a almost like a like almost like a thirteen inch laptop or something. Yeah. Like, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the, I see this big box from ringside. I was like, I was like, is this the, what is in there? No, uh, yeah, I thought it was the two figures. I thought it was Alistair Black and Zelina Vega. I open it up and it's it's um, Jurassic Express. I was like, holy crap, this thing's huge. I was like, what yeah, that the thing hell? is made to get autographed. Once uh once you start getting the convention and stuff going again, that thing will look incredible. Getting it signed oh, yeah. with a nice paint pen. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely autographed. And if if, if you're obviously if you're an MOC collector, and, and it's it, it opens the flaps open up, and they're perfectly uh, displayed, so you don't have to take them out of you know the packaging or anything like that. So that's that's also a good thing. But obviously, I'm gonna crack that thing open at some point and uh, display them. So yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, the the regular version to show up because I think that sold out before the the uh, the variant. So you, are you keeping the regular version MOC? Um, that I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll get them both in hand and I'll make a decision on what one to open up. But you are keeping at least one of them MOC? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to see if you really just because I think the packaging is the exact same on both. Oh, no, yeah. The, it's it just is. the display is different. I think it's just funny that Jungle Boy is holding Luchasaurus on his shoulders, which is, yeah, I think they should try that one time. Just one time on TV, just. Have them come out opposite and see. Have if they not done that? I feel like maybe they have done that. Yeah, I, I thought that's what the variant was based yeah. off of. I they did, did they do that? Yeah. yeah, that's why they did the variant because there was one time where that. Jungle Boy did come out. I have to look that up. Worse. Yeah, we'll we'll have to ask the two bad chads when that was. I, I'm almost certain that that has happened. Huh. But yeah, that's it. That's it for my uh, for my uh, purchases. So for us this week, it was all customs. We got a couple of custom wrestling buddies from of uh, HBK and Diesel from Toy Snobs. Those things came out great. Yeah, those, those are awesome. Oh my gosh, they look incredible. I'm so so disappointed that uh, that we won't see any more of those because they're awesome. Yeah, if you uh, if you picked up the Undertaker one that he released on the wide scale back at the end of 2019, it's the exact same. Uh, same size and same feel as uh, as though. So it fits in very nicely with the rest of your official um, official wrestling buddies. And then we got a very special package from our buddy Lane, a.k.a. the Mad Reaper, yeah. a.k.a. Yeah. the best yes. customizer in the world. 
So we got all denim Bret Hart from denim that iconic God. photo of yeah. denim, uh, yeah, denim <laughs> out in front of the pond with the snow-covered mountain in Canada. Wearing my so favorite, awesome. yeah, he's wearing my absolute favorite piece of Bret Hart merch. I love that tank top so much. I have an original one of those tank tops, and Bret's wearing it. Yeah, and you know, you guys, if you know me. I love all denim everything. So seeing Brett just like denim on denim <laughs> on denim, standing in the snow in his cowboy boots, like that's one of my absolute favorite iconic photos. And yeah, Lane hooked it up. He created what is just an, an incredible piece for our collection. Like it like totally rounded out our Brett collection in a way that I didn't even know needed to be rounded out. So thank you yeah. so much, Lane. Like it is, it is amazing. If you guys aren't following the Mad Reaper, you are 1000% missing out. So follow him at Mad Reaper on Instagram. Also, she, um, I, yeah, tell him about what he, uh, the surprise he gifted you. Yeah. As well. So, you know, we, we commissioned him to make the denim God. Um, and then I got a surprise bonus gift in there. It was like, it was like when Pam opened the teapot, you know, I was just like, I was like taken aback by, uh, by Lane's <laughs> kindness and his thoughtfulness. He created a, a ring gear custom chick Foley figure using my face sculpt from the, uh, Natalia decade of domination figure uh and he did like custom ring gear that says chick foley it says hit mom it's based it's like you know i got my championship pants on what? i got my yeah my top i cannot marco, wait to post I'm, uh, I'm sending you a video of it right now marco yeah i can't wait to show you guys pictures of it um i just haven't gotten around to taking some photos of it yet That's but awesome. yeah it looks incredible so now we have street gear you know interview backstage promo chick foley that we have our custom chick foley figure that we created and then i've got my own Mad Reaper custom that he surprised me with. So That's again, awesome. I cannot thank you so much, uh, Lane, for just being being an amazing friend and just you know all the things that you do for us. And like I said, please follow him, support all of his ventures uh, because he's he's the freaking man. Yeah, let me know when that comes through, Marco. I want to hear your thoughts on it, man. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, Mad Reaper is crazy. We we hooked up with him back in 2018 when he was doing his uh, his Bullet Club set and. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm very glad that we were able to build that relationship with him because he just, he makes the most incredible figures out there. He's, um, just, he's an artist, man. You know, there's lots of customizers out there and we have, an, we have so many incredible customizer friends that just do awesome work. And Dude. Lane is just, yeah, like the stuff that he <laughs> yeah, does is like, Marco. yeah, that's awesome. That's, 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 that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It, wow. it, it like, it, like I said, it like took me, like choked me up a little bit. You know, he's at this really nice card and. And then I like, you know, I, I had no idea what it was. He's like, I threw a bonus gift in there for you. And so I opened up the card and there was like some little stickers and magnets and stuff. And I was like, oh, that was so sweet. He sent like stickers and magnets. And then it was like a, another figure in there. And it just was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. I, have you to, know? I have to hit him. I have to hit him up now for a custom. Awesome. Yeah, you already got the head sculpt with the uh, the UFC Daniel Cormier. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's a. You gotta, you gotta amazing. pick. Yeah, you gotta pick what kind of ring gear you want, Marco. You gotta figure out whether you're whether you're a singlet man, whether you're a championship pants man, a trunks well, man. You, you could take a so I, yeah, Marco. Obviously, if you got a better idea, you know, have at it. But I'm thinking, get that Daniel Cormier head sculpt. All right, yeah, throw it on a Kevin Owens figure because then you got the shorts. You could do the Chick Foley show shorts on a uh, figure Ooh. form. With oh the, uh, my gosh, <laughs> the Kevin that's Owens a, figure. That's a good. That's actually that's an awesome idea. Actually, <laughs> yeah, man. So. Uh, uh, yeah, the possibilities are endless. And I'm telling you guys, if you could dream it up, uh, the Mad Reaper could make it happen. So, so definitely hit him up, um, if you're in the mix for some customs. 
check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's time for How Many Chicks. How Many Chicks is a segment where I, the heel husband, pick out one of our 1,000-plus wrestling figures from our collection and present it to Sheena live on the air for an instant rating and review. How Many Chicks is brought to you by our friends at Homage. Homage specializes in bringing vintage-inspired designs on the absolute softest tees in the biz because with Homage, comfort is always part of the game plan. You can visit Homage's online shop at homage.com and find all their latest designs on social media at Homage. That's H-O-M-A-G-E. All right, Sheena, do you have the uh, Undertaker's casket in front of you? I do. All right, so I'm going to hit the drum roll. When it comes out, Sheena's going to give us a live, on-the-fly review of whatever figure is inside of there. Oh boy, we have the original DMD, Isaac freaking Yankum. <laughs> oh my god. That has got to be the worst theme music. I of was all just time. thinking oh that's like the so most, bad. that was horrible. That like, that sent chills up my spine, like legit chills up my spine hearing that. It's, yeah, I mean, I, even though, the new generation was like the era of goofy, you know, wrestlers as occupation gimmicks. I actually feel like the evil dentist gimmick could get over even more so nowadays. Just with social media, I think we all have more of a shared hatred of the dentist than we did back in the in the nineties when you know hating the dentist was kind of everybody's own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think and the music is just horrible. So you get the mix of the drills, which nobody likes that sound. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Nobody likes that freaking sound. Um, and then it's mixed in with uh, with the actual dentist music. You know what I mean? That horrible like Muzak, like just like soft, like yeah. nothing kind of tune in the background. So, yeah, shout out to Jim Johnson, man. That's why he was the best because he could make, you know, he can make bangers like Steve Austin and the Rocks themes. And he can make stuff that just make you straight up hate whoever is about to make their entrance. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Sheena, uh, describe the figure to us. So he has on his, um, you know, white dental scrub shirt. He's got his, I don't even know what you call those, like ocular, like magnifying glass thing. A dentist. Like headgear. Yeah. He's got like his, like his headgear, his dental headgear. Um, they did a good job getting his rotten teeth all, all up in there and his perfect little curly mullet. Yeah. It, this is an incredible figure. This was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Um, and they nailed it. Like, this is everything that a, that a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive should be. It should be something that is is for the collectors, for the hardcore collectors. It's something that rounds out your collection. Like I said, like the denim god, right? Like, it's something that yeah. you don't even know, like, you need that piece of your collection. Because this is such an obscure obscure gimmick and it was so short-lived that it's just like you kind of just forget about it and the fact that we have a figure to remember isaac yankum by and what a great name for a dentist isaac yankum you know um 
Yeah, I, I, I really like this the, year. What do you guys uh, the, think about it? That was the 2018 Comic Con exclusive, but it actually ended up being available on Toys R Us online of all places. So I was shot, mm. you know, thoughts and prayers to Toys R Us. That's who we ended up getting it through. Was uh was TRU, but I, I love the figure. Like I said, I'm all about the new generation. Um, those gimmicks were so goofy, and even though they weren't really great on screen, they were so toyetic. All the bright colors and just wacky, wacky characters that made for great figures. And that was our first Isaac Yankum. So very exciting. Yeah, to have first him. time Marco, in line. Do you have this figure? I do not know. I was actually looking at purchasing this like a, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, I'm not sure what the price of it is now. It's probably astronomical for some crazy reason. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. a cool one. MOC, you know, it looks like they made it look like a dental chart and everything. And then the back of it kind of gives a little bio and it gives a little wink and a nod. It says that, you know, his time as a dentist was short lived and he bounced around to uh, some other pr- professions, such as being a truck driver before he found his ultimate destiny. Because, you know, Glenn Jacobs, he l- ended up, uh, after dropping the Isaac Yankum gimmick, he became fake Diesel. And then we all know he yep. ultimately ended up being the Undertaker's uh, younger brother, Kane. So, pretty legendary wrestler. You know, this dude's just been around for so long. Now he's the freaking mayor of uh, of Knoxville. <laughs> I think we really need that fake Knox Diesel figure, County, though, yeah. to... Uh, uh, yeah. Fake to kind of round out all the faces of of Glenn Jacobs. Uh, what, what do you think, Marco? Would you buy it? Would you buy a fake Diesel figure? Oh yeah, definitely. A, uh, like a faces of Glenn yes. figure. Yeah. Where you have like uh, you have Isaac Yankum, Kane, and uh, fake Diesel. That'd be pretty cool. Like a three yeah. pack. That'd be pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. And he 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 appeared in WWE as the mayor of Knox County. Um, what was the he? It was in a football stadium. I cannot remember what. Yeah, why he won were, the. Um, he won the twenty four seven. Was that when he? Was that when he won the twenty four seven championship? Yeah, yeah, from so, uh, from from our truth. Yeah, yeah. So he could he, we could have a mayor of Knox County Kane wrestling figure Four too. Four pack. Yeah. The cool thing is the corporate Kane figure. That one could double as your mayor Kane figure. Oh as yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. True I wasn't yeah. even thinking about that. Yeah. We had the corporate Kane right. build a figure from the uh, the WrestleMania thirty elite. That's right. All right, so now it's time for the big uh, the big question. It's a, ten, it's a five point scale, but you can go through, uh, you know, tenth points. Sheena, how many chicks do you give Isaac Yankum? Oh man, okay, so I'm gonna give this a, I'm gonna give it a three point eight, um, because one, I'm gonna give it higher points because it's unique. Again, it rounds out your collection. It is a little bit beefy. I just feel I don't remember Isaac Yankum being like this muscled up like he looks yeah humongous and like he's like got muscles on muscles on muscles and i don't think i ever remember kane looking he was a that, big guy he was never that chiseled though. he was never yeah. that chiseled yeah so this the, the historical like the accuracy of his physique is a little bit is a little bit off um and two like it kind of loses points for being so niche you know it's not really an iconic moment in wrestling history or anything like that but uh he he definitely is an iconic character so yeah, yeah 3.8 for me okay huh. margo um, let's see, probably go with a three for this, for this figure, mainly, mainly for the same reasons. Um, he, he, yeah, I don't like, I, I don't like I, He wasn't really that jacked until he actually became like Kane. Um, even when he was a uh, fake diesel, he wasn't like super. But even when he was like Kane, that. he was big and he just like, yeah. he didn't, he just didn't have that like steroid look, you know, like I feel yeah, like yeah. this figure looks like it has been on the like most HGH that you've ever seen. Like it is, like yeah. he's got like veins and stuff popping out of its muscles on this figure. So yeah, the, the, I mean, the head never sculpts, looked like that. Yeah. The head, head sculpt's pretty, pretty 
uh, decent. The head sculpt's um, spot on. I think. I think it looks. I, I think it looks great. I do like the soft goods uh, shirt that he mm-hmm. has. So that's that's pretty awesome as well. Um, O'Shea made it more like the shirt that he had. I mean, they kind of did like the side. Like, does it like peel off from the side? Yeah, off yeah. So it's back, like right? it's no, okay. it's like a scrub shirt. It kind of like crosses yeah. over, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, I kind of I wish it came with some more like accessories, maybe like a kind of like a drill or something like that, like a little <laughs> yeah something. I don't know something something besides that head the headgear or whatever. But yeah. What about you, Three. Bethy? So I'm gonna give it a four point two. I like it a little bit more than both of you guys. Um, my reasoning on that is. I just I think it's it's historically significant because it is um, the first it's the only figure of Isaac Yankum. So I give, I give it bonus yeah. points for being the only ever Isaac Yankum figure. I think you guys are right. Uh, the maybe some of the part choices are a little bit off. I was never a fan of the legs on that figure. It's got the yeah. same kind of legs that any of the suited elite figures have. Yeah. Which they have slightly different articulation from the regular elites. And I've never been a fan on that. So I take some points off for that. And then I take some, a, little, a couple points off just because. Isaac Yankum was really like a joke of a character, so I can't give it too high, but it gets bonus points for me for, again, the incredible packaging also. You can't forget about that. It did have some incredible packaging and just being the only ever figure that we got. Of, and I think, uh, this, know, is he the only dentist ever in WWE? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I think him and Britt Baker are the only two dentists in wrestling history. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, she did make an appearance, so he's not the only dentist. She, she was oh, on sure. an episode yeah, of she Raw. she has been there. Yeah, so. But yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, so we've only had three figures on how many chicks since, uh, we kind of re-baselined the scoring because Sheena was just all over the place. You know, she was giving (laughs) Becky Lynch basics like a 4.9 and then. Did I not have, did I not have great reasoning for all of my, I, I my problem was I didn't have a baseline for like what, what the standards of grading were i was basing each figure by itself on kind of like its own scale but i had i had excellent reasoning for all of my scores so no you you were able to explain why you scored them but the individual scores in relation to each other just made zero sense whatsoever (laughs) so that's what i had to do the baseline so isaac Yankum is got the second highest score ever darby allen with an average of 4.5 is still far and away number one isaac Yankum averaged out to a 3.7 and then basic 21 alicia fox averaged out Two or three point one for those keeping score at home. So Darby is still the king of uh, of how many chicks? Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes.
All right, so I have absolutely zero context for this piece that you uh, that you dug up this week, Marco. Tell us about this Hulk Hogan shirt from <laughs> Japan that you found. <laughs> I, I have no context for it either. I just thought it was a very like weird, rare shirt. Uh, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it seems like it's a. I'm, I'm assuming New Japan era when Hulk Hogan was in New Japan. Um, yeah, it looks like it's, it's from the early '90s. It doesn't look '80s to me. It's creepy looking. I'll he tell you that looks, much. Okay, the so, drawing. Yeah, there is this like <laughs> describe black me, and describe white. Describe the shirt to us, Sheen. There's a black and white sketch of Hulk Hogan <laughs> with lip marks all over him, like kiss, kissing lip marks yeah. all over him. And you can tell it's Hulk Hogan, but this is like Hulk Hogan who's been like <laughs> dead like and Jigsaw's buried. Looks like Jigsaw's puppet, man. He, like no, he looks like he, Hogan. yeah, if, if Jigsaw and the Crypt Keeper had a baby, <laughs> it would be it would be this image right here. It, it is like pretty horrifying, to be quite honest. Um, I feel like, I don't know. And it it makes says, me... in this world, all women are mine. So Hulk's a polygamist in, a, in addition to be a racist piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, Bubba the Love Sponge uh, bought that shirt. He really took <laughs> he, it to heart, you know. He was he was right, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just a it's just a very. I, I could see this definitely being sold uh, in Japan, like during his time there. But it's yeah, it's just a very. I just seen it. I was just like, what the hell is? It? Even if it's like a bootleg shirt, it is very. It's a very strange shirt. Yeah, and it's seventy two dollars yeah. too. So I'm assuming it is any, a. Uh, if we have any listeners over from the in the land of the rising sun, maybe reach out. Maybe there's something that we're losing in translation between, uh, you know, the Japanese Hulk Hogan and the American version. But this shirt yeah, makes maybe, zero sense. Maybe he was like a, like a. Maybe that was his gimmick over in Japan that all all women was his. He was a ladies' man. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, I have no, <laughs> I have no I, I don't, clue. I, I, yeah, I have no context, but this shirt is super creepy. Um, again, <laughs> wrestling wrestling merch is higher than Giraffe Punani right now, so even this ugly shirt, like he said, is is you know priced at seventy bucks. So we should ask a uh, wrestling for sale to see if he uh, yeah has any, has shirt any more information in on the shirt. Really good condition. It's still bagged up. Like I honestly, yeah. man, I kind of question if this might just be like a remake and. Somebody just wanted to go for something like kitschy and weird to, to see if somebody would, you know, drop some coin on it. But yeah, we definitely need to hit up Ted uh, and see what he can tell us about this thing. There's no, I just searched like Hulkamania Japan. There's no sold listings or anything. And I did a Google search. I can find no other record of this shirt being a thing. So yeah, if you're, if you're an expert on Hulk Hogan's time in Japan or any kind of vintage wrestling merch, hit us up and let us know what you can find on this shirt. Marco, are you going to pull the trigger on this thing, man? Uh... I've been thinking about it. I mean, if I want to get my children nightmare fuel for the rest of their lives, I'd definitely purchase a shirt. But uh, yeah, this is like, I mean, it, when you talk about random merch, this is I don't definitely, know. It uh, doesn't look like a vintage. There. It doesn't look like a vintage tag to me. I'm looking at the tag. It's yeah, like this thing pre, looks crispy white. It looks pre shrunk, yeah. 100% cotton. It just yeah. doesn't look like. I know Anvil still makes tees, man. Yeah, um, Anvil is still, they, they use that. that logo i'm pretty certain i'm pretty sure that's like a modern you know yeah. either way it, whether it's actually vintage or not it's definitely random but yeah it just like the level of like i don't know creepiness the white on it, <laughs> no, well yeah the, just like the white on it and the quality of print is there's like zero fade even if something was in like mint condition from the 90s yeah. it would still have yeah. a little bit of fade to it but pretty wild either way um yeah definitely uh Definitely hit us up if you guys buy this or if you know anything about this and can educate us. <laughs> Sheena, do we got any uh, listener mail this week? Yeah, we do. 
All right. As usual, we have a question coming in from our buddy, Zach Hertzler. He says, what is your favorite horror movie? Marco, I'll start with you. Oh, man. Favorite horror movie? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's rough. That's a, that's a hard one. It I is tough. There's so movies. many good ones. Yeah. Let me see. I'll just pick. I'll go with the very, the very, very first Saw because I was actually, I actually see that in theaters. Um, That's pretty terrifying. Just, yeah. And just the end of the, just see the twist at the end of that movie. It's uh, a, yeah. That movie started a whole. Alert. Yeah, it started a whole revolution <laughs> of those types of films where it was just like the the torture porn style, like uh, yeah. you know, uh, horror movie genre. Like I think it really started with with Saw because then you have movies like Hostel and things yep. like that that kind of like spun off from that. And then you know the multiple Saws. I think what was it like seven Saws or something like yeah. that? Crazy. And so. there's a newer one too that just came out. The uh, Spiral from the wow. book of Saw. With, uh, yeah, and then, like directed that? by Chris Rock or something. Yeah, oh yeah, Chris Rock is Chris in it. Chris Rock, Jackson. Huh? wow. Yeah, Samuel Jackson is in it as well. Interesting. Um, you can actually, it's in theaters and you can rent it. We were going to rent it over the weekend, uh, the wife and I, and it was like $20 to rent for like two days. And we were like, yeah, that's like buying prices. So we'll wait for it to actually come out on digital and purchase yeah. it. But uh, yeah. What about you, Sethi? Um, I gotta go with Trick or Treat. I just really like oh, that movie. Yeah, it's so good. Such an awesome yeah, movie. Just, yeah, really great movie. Like, I, that's like the one movie every Halloween I absolutely have to watch that movie. Oh yeah. So I I I have to agree. Trick or Treat is amazing. I kind of classify that as a Halloween movie more so yep. than just a horror movie. It is a horror movie. Um, so that is a yes. it's a perfect answer. But my reason for not putting that at the at the top of my list is I qualify it in a whole different category. It's it's a Halloween movie for me because it is it is the epitome of what the vibe of that i want to live by for halloween like it's amazing so my my favorite horror movie this is like so multifaceted i i gotta go with the original nightmare on elm street i love 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 um just how scary freddy krueger was like he was just terrifying terrifying to me he's definitely one of my favorite classic horror movie villains um of course i love all the you know the big classic um the big classic slashers but Scream was another really great one because it was the first one that was really self-aware as far as a horror movie. Like it kind of made fun of horror movies and like horror movie tropes and stuff. And I just remember watching that. And I used to babysit my brother, I guess not babysit, but I was like his big sister. My parents worked at night and stuff. So I would like keep him. So here I am out in the middle of the country and like Scream was just like terrifying to me. I was like, oh, well, you know, uh, Ghostface is going to come out here in the middle of the country and just like <laughs> slice and dice me open. So yeah, I absolutely loved uh, the Scream. All West Craven, of course. So loved West Craven. So Scream and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's so many that I love, though. I mean, there's so many that I don't even have time to mention. But I would have to go for those as like my my top of the list. Um, Jordan says, what is one wrestler, Jordan Wells, the fig god Jordan Wells, what is one wrestler from the 80s or 90s that wasn't a main event talent that you feel would be a top star in today's wrestling industry? I'll start with you, Seth. Hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think Dynamite Kid, man. I think Dynamite Mm. Kid was, even though he kind of was a main eventer in Japan, as far as the States go, he was strictly a tag team wrestler. And I feel like if he was around today, um, his hard hitting style, I think he would be right up in the main event with the uh, with the Pox or with the Kyle O'Reilly's in NXT or AEW. I still don't know if he'd main event WWE, but he could definitely main event um, in some of the other organizations because the guy was just so far ahead of his time and was really the inspiration behind guys like Chris Benoit, 
and Daniel Bryan for the style that they wrestle with to this day. Or yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan I had, a, I this had day. a tag team wrestler mind you. I was thinking Tito Santana would be a good uh, a good guy that would be a star today because even though he was like Intercontinental yeah. Champ and um, you know all that stuff and all the stuff that he did with Strike Force and um, I think he I just feel like he would have been been a good fit for you know modern day wrestling too. Yeah, Marco, hmm. you got anybody in mind? Um. I was I was gonna say Dynamite Kid, but after watching yeah. that Dark Side of the Ring, yeah, <laughs> we can't. We're not, take, we're, not, we're not taking any personal. <laughs> yeah, it's a different time. Um, you know? He would have had yeah. more. Of a, he would have the wellness program. He'll keep him on track, and yeah, yeah. It's just it's not the Wild Wild West anymore, like it was back in the uh, back in the eighties. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, just for because he was like kind of like big, um, not not big in like fame, but like big in size, and he was doing some crazy booze. I'll probably say Too Cold Scorpio. Nowadays, since he's like um, super athletic, I mean, he's doing some crazy stuff way back when, before it was like even popular, popular now. Just to see those guys do like, kind of, obviously, he wasn't as he's not as big as Keith Lee, like in size, but you know, just him doing that those type of aerial moves, uh, being like two hundred plus, uh, was pretty yeah, insane. So, fifty, yeah. So I think I think he'd be pretty, uh, pretty up there in the popularity. So would you today, have him as uh, as two gold Scorpio, or would you have him as Flash Funk? Uh, you have to go too cold. <laughs> uh, probably drop the Scorpio. Just maybe, maybe just keep it too cold. Too cold, um, yeah. Or just cold, or something like that, or something like that. Or Scorpio's too close, to, like Sting. So maybe partner up with Sting. Who knows if he was a younger guy, just kind of like uh, Darby Allen's doing. But uh, yeah, no, definitely him. He, he was definitely a little bit. He was ahead of his time in that sense, just for a big guy that can do all those those uh, crazy aerial moves. All right. Next question comes in from Johnny JB. He says, did you guys watch the original ECW? If so, who was your favorite? Mine was a tie between Taz and Sabu. Ooh. Seth? Um, yeah, Taz and RVD is probably a close RVD, thing, but I love yeah. Taz. I still remember getting WWF No Mercy. Or no, this is WrestleMania 2000, so the game before No Mercy. So this is WrestleMania 2000, came out at the end of 1999. I remember getting it on Nintendo 64 and before I even um, started a match, first thing I did was go on create task because it had an awesome, <laughs> it was the first game that had a really super robust creative yeah. player and you could go in and see all the moves. And I just remember uh, creating Taz and adding like 55 suplexes on there um, and then playing with it. It was just so much fun. So yeah, I, I would definitely say Taz for sure. Yeah. All right. Huh. And uh, you, Margo, did you agree or do you have a separate answer? Uh, um, yeah, I do. I did love Taz, obviously, because he was a like a little guy, just like um, destroying everybody. But I was a huge fan of Rob Van Dam because I was a huge fan of uh, Jean Claude Van Dam when I was younger. So just seeing someone that looked like him that was in a wrestling ring doing again like stuff that you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and then after uh, I actually watched his uh, Icons episode recently, um, and just him knowing that he actually did kickboxing, like he was like professional kickboxer at one point in his life when he was younger uh just destroying everybody that even made his legend even more um like even more like fantastic to me so yeah no, definitely rob van dam was my uh was my favorite guy in uh, ecw all right and last question again from zach Kurtzler. He says thanks to the p of the cock i have been binge watching <laughs> harry cock. potter movies do you guys have a favorite Harry Potter movie? I know I started with you last time, Seth, but I got to start with you because this is this is right up Seth's alley. Seth is the biggest Harry Potter nerd that I know. So what is your favorite Harry Potter movie, Seth? 
Uh, mine is definitely Prisoner of Azkaban. I knew you and were say that. that's really a testament to how good that movie is because I typically hate any movie that's not Back to the Future that includes time travel because I feel like just yeah. once you introduce time travel, um, <laughs> it just kind of yeah. it lowers the stakes for everything else that happens because anytime somebody dies, like either one, you don't really get the full emotional impact of it because you're thinking, okay, you know, they're surely they're going to turn back time and he's not going to be dead or, um, you're just wondering like, you know, why didn't they just, you know, you're questioning like how come they turned back time before and on this one, even Harry Potter as flawless as that series is. And I do think it's the best like fantasy story ever. You know, I put it up against star Wars, game of Thrones, whatever you guys want. Harry Potter is the best. Um, even they had to say, like at the start of book four, Goblet of Fire, they had to throw a quick line in about how, you know, the Ministry of Magic um, destroyed all the time turners. So, you know, obviously we're getting down the rabbit hole. But uh, but yeah, Prisoner <laughs> of Azkaban is really, really good. I recommend watching the whole series, but I love that one. And that's the last one that's kind of like a kid's movie. Really started yeah. with Goblet of Fire. They get a lot more grown up. And I really love the first three uh, Harry yeah, Potter movies. Yeah, the first movies. three are so good. They're just, they, I think they just feel so wholesome, the first three. You know, then it, then it get, gets yeah. kind of dark and they get a little bit grown. I definitely have a soft spot for like Chamber of Secrets because Brett, he just loves, he loves that movie. It's just so magical. And like, they're really getting into like, you know, they're, they're flying. I mean, there's house elves. I mean, you just have all the things that just make magic so much fun and brett just absolutely loves loves that movie so i have yeah, a special place I think for they, really, they did a good job like they worked out the kinks from after the first film you know yeah. what i mean because nobody really knew exactly how they're going to be able to bring this crazy story to the screen and the right. first one's definitely got some rough spots there's some spots in the first movie that don't age super well but i feel like by the second one they really had it down pat and they were kind of just on cruise control through the rest of the series um from yeah. there yeah i agree what about you marco um, I was gonna, I was definitely gonna say Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, but, it's it's um, the best for but, sure. But yeah, I'll probably say um, Chamber of Secrets is probably. I'll just go with that one definitely. Um, like you said, with the uh, with just like hitting the stride with all the like the magic and everything and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it just really sets the yeah. sets the tone and sets the stage for what's gonna what's gonna come for like the rest of the you know what to expect really as far as like the magic and all the the mythical characters and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, love, love, love Chamber of Secrets. I mean, that was yeah. a great question to end on. I could talk Harry Potter all day long. I know. I, I, soon, just stay tuned for the Harry the Harry Potter spinoff. Seth's going to go on, you know, five hour long Patre- monologue. Patreon so. episode. Patreon episode. Exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've read I've read the entire book series three times, man. So we'll, and I don't know we'll, how many we'll times book, I've watched the movies. We'll book Harry Potter and uh in WWE. See oh yeah, go. yes. We'll do we'll do a full tournament. You know, uh, yeah, Harry- I mean, there is magic. I mean, no, I mean, like you could well, see now, as yeah. a WWE superstar. How would Harry Potter too? I mean, you have like you have Undertaker who had powers. You had you have the Bray Fiend. Wyatt, Papa yeah. Shango, the Fiend, Papa Shango, Alexa yeah, no- Bliss. Like how would how would Boogie Harry Man, Potter fare? Yeah, Boogie Man, how would how would he do? How would he, he how would he measure up like? to uh, the magic in, in WWE and WCW? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What would, he, what would he do? I mean, <laughs> let's book it let's see what happens all right that wraps up listener mail for today sheena remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media i'm on instagram at chick foley marco's running the twitter over at chick foley show and you can join all the fun of our foley fam at chick foley we want to remind you guys to use code chick foley to save 10 percent on all your purchases at ringside collectibles and marco as the reigning defending Undisputed Chick Fil A Show Prediction Champion, you have the floor for the final word. Oh man, I'll just say, let's leave you with this: 
May the wind behind your back be your own. Oh, 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 oh,